This is The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Aris Yarmouth. Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Aris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Kevin Northup. The Weekender for Saturday, September 24th, 2022. We hope you're keeping safe as Hurricane Fiona rolls through our province. Coming up this hour, alternative music duo JJ Roots were scheduled to play in Yarmouth tonight, but because of the storm, they'll be back in December. Jacob Postlewaite speaks with the duo on their journey. Yarmouth's Ryan Graves began training camp with the New Jersey Devils this week. We go back to our interview with him from July when he hosted his hockey school at Mariner's Center. And we talk to Jamie Morozov with the Nature Conservancy of Canada about the species and pieces of land they're protecting here in Nova Scotia. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined this week by the Nova Scotia Program Director for the Nature Conservancy of Canada, Jamie Morozov, and she's here to chat about the work the NCC is doing here in the Tri-Counties. Thanks so much for joining me, Jamie. Thanks for having me. So first off, just, you know, give us kind of an overview of the type of work the Nature Conservancy focuses on here in Nova Scotia. Absolutely. So the Nature Conservancy of Canada is a nonprofit land trust organization. So that means we are a registered charity. And our goal is to protect the lands, uh, the animals, and, and kind of nature all across Canada, but here specifically in Nova Scotia. Okay, so uh, we're going to chat a little bit about the uh, work you're doing here in the Tri-Counties. And what we'll do is we'll kind of go county by county and discuss what you're protecting and where. So let's start off with Yarmouth County. Uh, what do you got going on here? Yeah, so we're working here in Yarmouth County in a couple different areas. And maybe just to give a little bit more background, so when the Nature Conservancy of Canada is doing our work, uh, we work with landowners a couple different ways. In some cases, landowners come to us uh, to donate their land, or they want us to buy their land, or they do a bit of a, a bit of both. And we call that a split receipt, where they'll donate a portion um, for a, a tax receipt, and then we'll also purchase a portion of the property. Um, and lots of times, the work we do is is landowners who, you know, they love their land; it's been in their family for generations. And, you know, they don't really have anybody that's going to take it over. And they want to make sure it's not going to be, you know, changed, clear-cut, uh, developed, um, you know, those sorts of things. They want to keep it in the natural state because, you know, they've loved it, their family has loved it. And that's where, where Nature Conservancy of Canada comes in. Um, so here in, in Yarmouth County, we've worked in a couple different sites. Uh, one of the largest kind of uh, land, uh, I guess, conglomerations, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, but... Uh, what we've been working is really focusing on a really unique type of, um, you know, type of landscape in, in Nova Scotia called the Atlantic Coastal Plain Flora. Um, so this is uh, you said unique to Nova Scotia pretty much, um, and it's a large portion of the biodiversity of, of here in southwest Nova Scotia. And it includes about 90 species that are, are really unique and rare. And that's the focus of our work in Yarmouth County for the large part. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your work in Digby County. The Digby County, we're working again in a couple different spots, uh, but one of the, I guess, the highlights or jewels of the work we're doing in Digby is on Briar Island. Um, and so that uh, is, a, uh, that is a, a nature reserve that uh, encompasses about a third of the, the land of the island. Um, its focus is on the eastern mountain avens, which is a globally rare plant and it's found, you know, only on that spot, a few pieces along the Digby Neck, and then there's some areas down in New Hampshire. 
So it's really rare and unique. And we actually just celebrated uh, an addition to that nature reserve just this past month. That site is also great um, if you want to get out and connect with nature. There's a beautiful trail along the coast. Um, it's, you know, a great hike. Go hike in, uh, take a picnic, ha- enjoy the sights and sounds. And we actually do a, a yearly trail maintenance site cleanup uh, volunteer event that people come up, can come out to. And also we're currently planning a a large trail kind of improvement redevelopment right now that we're actively fundraising for and, you know, putting in some grants to make some improvements to that trail to make it more accessible, you know, fix some of the holes and, uh, you know, muddy spots and that sort of thing so it can be enjoyed year-round by by Nova Scotians and everyone who wants to come visit. Yeah, and you recently expanded your reserve on Briar Island. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Briar Island uh, Nature Reserve, as I mentioned, is about a third of the, the habitat or a third of the land base of Briar Island. And we recently added about 30 acres, 11 hectares or so, to that property. Um, and this new area uh, protects a, an important bog, which I know bogs aren't very interesting to some people, but to said, the species at risk, like the eastern mountain avens, the bog habitat and the you know the water cycle and, and regime in, in the land is is really key. So by protecting this bog, we're helping to kind of expand the total area of protected land. Um, it's right adjacent to the existing lands that are protected, but also helps to maintain that that connection to the water that keeps you know the the bogs where the other rare plants are are living in um, in the other parts of the island. And finally, in uh, Shelburne County, uh, tell us about some of the work you're doing there. So in Shelburne County, we have a couple different focal areas where we've been doing work. Um, we are fairly active down in kind of the Round Bay, Bowers Meadow, Wilderness Area sort of land, kind of down by Ingemar. Um, and that's, uh, you know, really beautiful area too, where we're focusing on and, and, you know, kind of working on a few potential new projects to expand some of the existing protected areas down there. We've also been doing work um, kind of at the other end of, of Shelburne County, um, down near uh, Johnson's Pond, uh, the Sable River sort of area where we have, uh, it's actually another great site if people want to get out and see some of the work that, that we're doing. Um, Johnson's Pond Conservation Lands um, down by Port LaBear is, uh, there's a nice parking area you can go out and, and do some walks and hikes out there. Um, we're also kind of focused on some new projects right in that area as well, which are uh, going to be really important for protecting actually really rare lichens which I know, again, not super exciting sometimes, but they are, um, you know, again, globally rare. We have so many unique habitats here in Nova Scotia that it's, a, you know, a really key uh, site to protect, to protect the, the, the global diversity. We've also, in Shelburne County, been focusing, and this is kind of right on the boundary as well, overlaps a bit with Yarmouth County, um, but some of the, the land in holdings within and adjacent to the Tobiatic Wilderness Area. So we've been really successful in doing some great conservation work over the past kind of year or two. Over 3,000 acres have been protected um, right adjacent to the land near Upper Ohio or right adjacent to the Tobiatic Wilderness Area near Upper Ohio, as well as one of the largest private inholdings within the Tobiatic Wilderness Area. Over 700 acres um, near Moose Lake have been recently protected. Well, that's cool. And there's a that's a, you guys are doing a lot of work here in the Tri-Counties. It's a, it's such a special area, and Southwest Nova Scotia is just that's so beautiful, so many special and rare, important areas. So we're, you know, we're excited to be working with the communities and, and protecting these really valuable pieces of land. And how important is the work that you're doing for the environment? Well, we, we think it's really important, but it, I mean, it really is. It's, 
where we're doing work, we're trying to focus on building on existing protected areas to create those those linkages, larger corridors, which are really important for a lot of different species, like some of the migratory songbirds, some of the larger mammals like bears or you know mainland moose and and other species. So that's a really a key focus of what we're doing. And also because of the you know just the unique makeup of, of Southwest Nova Scotia, there's some of those globally rare species or ecosystems. And so helping to protect, you know, what's here is, is, you know, essentially protecting kind of some of the last or the key remaining, um, you know, pockets of these, these species and habitats in the world. So it's, it's really important. And the work that NCC and other private land trusts in Nova Scotia are doing is helping to get to some of those, those commitments that, you know, our province has committed to 20% protected areas by 2030. The federal government is committed to 30% by 2030. So the work that private land trusts do is, is really instrumental in helping to not only make sure we're getting you know large acres or, or hectares of land protected, but making sure that the most important land is being protected and those really important biodiversity values are are being conserved so that they're there in the future for you know for for the the people to enjoy for sake of you know the wildlife um, the habitats are there and also to help create areas of you know protection as climate change impacts us and. And knowing that those lands are there are going to be able to adapt a little bit easier without some of the pressures of development. So we we think it's pretty important. No, for sure. Uh, so take us now through your process. Uh, how do you find uh, these sites that you want to protect? And then, you know, what's the process once you do find them? The large portion of our work, as I mentioned before, is the due to landowners that coming to us. They, you know, that they have the property in their, you know, in their family, in their and they've loved it for so long, and they want to make sure it's going to be protected and you know natural in the future. And that's where I would say a large majority of our our province for our properties come from. Um, some cases we do do some targeted reaching out to landowners to see if they're interested. That may be again if there's something right adjacent to lands where we're already working. Maybe it's lands where a really rare um, plant or animal have been identified. Um, or in the case of you know say the Moose Lake property within the Tobiatic Wilderness area. We've been speaking to that landowner, recognizing that it was kind of the last, you know, unprotected chunk within uh, a larger protected area. Um, so once we've, you know, had conversations with the landowner, they've, you know, indicated they're wanting to work with us to protect their land. Um, then we go through our process, which is looking at the um, the conservation, other conservation values. We have a really large and comprehensive framework that we use to identify lands that we're we're looking to protect. We go through the process like any other land transaction is. And once we own the property, then we have our stewardship team come in. They do a full baseline inventory, which means they go out and they are mapping the different types of habitat, what trees are there, what plants are there, what birds are there. Um, and sometimes we bring in experts. So for example, we often work with um, the Mercy Tobiatic Institute of looking at um, rare lichens because they have experts on that working with the conservation data center to identify other rare plants and make sure we have a really good idea of what's living there, what the potential is. And that helps us to identify our, our management plans. So some cases that may just be, let's leave it as it is for right now. Maybe we need to do some restoration work. Maybe we need to you know, make some changes or do something. Um, and that helps us to make sure we're taking care of the land the best that, that we can without, you know, without interfering with the the values that we're protecting, you know, we initially protected it for. Well, that's great. Um, and, you know, with, with climate change and with our own activity, you know, we're seeing more and more species become endangered or, or even go extinct. 
Uh, and of mm-hmm. course, you're really close to this. Uh, so how are we doing so far in this battle to protect nature? No, Nova Scotia, again, is really unique that we have a lot of you know, a lot of people that really care about Nova Scotia and about the lands that we have here. So, I mean, there's always there's always room to do more. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we are there's a lot of interest, a lot of um, great organizations doing work here in Nova Scotia. I mean, one great example um, is, I mean, not great in that it's, it's you know, there's a, a new threat to, uh, to a species of tree here in Nova Scotia that for the hemlock trees. And that's a, a bug that's come in called the hemlock woolly adelgid. So this insect comes in and it destroys old growth hemlock. Um, and if you've ever been in, you know, an old growth, growth hemlock stand, there's these, you know, it's just a really beautiful experience. These super large trees, there's, it looks kind of like a bit of a, a magical forest, I like to say, because of the way it, it really shades out all the lights and you feel like you're in this, this new place. Um, but the hemlock woolly delta just come in and it, it wipes out entire stands of these old growth trees, which are really valuable for biodiversity. Um, and, you know, Nova Scotians are not taking this laying down. There's been a lot of work done with, um, you know, with government, with NGOs like NCC and other, you know, even citizen-led groups to identify where this, this insect is coming in and looking at doing treatment and testing out ways to protect our hemlock trees. NCC right now um, in kind of the Tri-County area, we're looking at doing some test plots on two of our sites this fall where we're going to be treating some of the old growth hemlocks that haven't been too infected yet. Um, and this is treated by an injection to the tree of uh, insecticide. So it's very targeted, also very kind of labor and cost costly to do this. Um, but the thought is then if we can at least preserve um, the, you know, some of the seed trees for the hemlock, then once this, you know, we have an opportunity to do some, some regrowth, allow the trees to reestablish, there'll still be some of that original, um, you know, tree sources there. So that's, uh, you know, we're doing that on our lands, and there's been, we've had a lot of work, you know, in Kedemakujik, they're doing some work. Um, other counties and, and things are, are doing similar projects to kind of see what's going to work the best. But it's, again, just a great opportunity to showcase, you know, Nova Scotians coming together to protect, you know, something that's really valuable to us from a biological perspective. Absolutely. And wrapping up here, are there any projects or areas you're focusing on right now? So we are always looking for uh, people to come out and be property stewards for us. And so that's people that are, you know, maybe you live in an area near some nature conservancy sites just to go out, check on us. You know, we are trying to do the best we can to manage the lands, but having local um, citizens involved is always really helpful to have a a closer eye on it. So that's kind of an an ongoing um, need that we always have is, is working with those folks. We actually do have one more volunteer event coming up this this fall, and that's actually in Port Jolly, so slightly out of the, the Tri-County area. Um, but we do a waterfowl count every every November as the migratory birds are coming through. So that'll be, you know, we're always looking for volunteers if you're into birding. Um, other than that, again, we're, we're always looking to protect important lands. Um, we do have a property in Shelburne County that I'm actively, you know, working on to fundraise. It's still the initial stages, so I can't share too much yet. But it's a really beautiful piece that protects, you know, there's lakeshore, there's coastline, um, there's globally rare lichen species in the area. Um, and that's a really project we're really excited about. That's been a long time in the works. Um, and, and we're continuing to, you know, kind of, again, look for opportunities to work with landowners who, who love their land, are willing to 
you know, work for us, work with us. Uh, you know, donations are always great in terms of land or, or cash to keep our, our work going. Um, but other than that, we're it's always looking to engage people, get them out and connected with nature. And, you know, if we can teach them more about the work we're doing and, and they're interested in supporting us, then it's a win for everyone. Yep, for sure. Well, uh, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for joining me and uh, for sharing some of the work the NCC is doing here in the Tri-Counties. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jacob. That was Jamie Morozov, the Nova Scotia Program Director for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender here on Y95, uh, on site at Mariner Centre for the second ever Ryan Graves Hockey School. The first one since 2019, of course, because of uh, the pandemic, but uh, Ryan is back now, fresh off a very successful season, his first with the New Jersey Devils, and fresh off a very successful World Hockey Championship with uh, Team Canada, here with uh, under 9, under 11, and under 13 levels, uh, teaching them the aspects of the game. So Ryan, first of all, uh, welcome home, congratulations on a, on a fantastic season yeah thank you um it's it's good to get home um this is a good excuse to to make a week of it um so it's uh it's a nice of it's a nice um reason to come home it's a good event it's it's well it's well done this year especially we've got a lot more staff um and some some of the right people that have really taken the reins on it um so it's been great it's been a, a really a team effort to get this thing organized and up and running and um i think it's been so far so good and uh, i think the kids are having a lot of fun yeah, the first year you had a couple of uh, players with you. Allie Monroe, I know she's back this year as well. Um, this year it seems like it's really grown. You have a lot of people involved. I'm digging the shirts, Graves Hockey School, with the lighthouse involved, and uh, a lot of gear for the kids. So uh, just what went behind the planning of, of this event? Um, honestly, there's been a lot of behind the scenes. Um, uh, Tyler Smith has been um, a major part of it. Um, he and Jared and, and Jay have um, really um, taken it from the vision that I had the first time around and um, the first time I did majority of the work myself and then this time they did um, majority of the work. So they've really taken it to, to the next level and making it a, a, um, a full production hockey school that um, has uh, the right people in the right areas. We have off-ice, we have the right people in for that. Um, we have um, like off-ice skills with the puck and shooting and um, the facilities and people to teach that. And the on-ice, there's, um, I think it's something like four instru- or an instructor for every four kids or something like that. So everyone's getting the attention um, they deserve. And it's um, it's the, the ideas that I had originally, but it's um, put together um, with more planning and more care and uh, a lot more hands-on. Yeah, this uh, seems like it's a great experience for the kids. Um, and I think when we talked about this in 2019, you had mentioned uh, being a kid from Yarmouth, you didn't have a chance to to learn from an NHL player down here. You had to go away for that, perhaps. So this is something that you're giving to your hometown as uh, the only Yarmouth-born NHLer to ever uh, well play in the big leagues. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was important to me to – I just know what – uh, what a sacrifice it is for families to to travel throughout the year if they play rep hockey and um, just how big of a commitment that is with time-wise and financially. So um, just the luxury of being able to put on a good school um, where people can stay at home, they can sleep in their own beds, and have to stay in a hotel for a week, and have to travel for it. Um, I know that'll make things a lot easier on parents. And um, to, on top of that, to put together a school that is as good as anything in the Maritimes is really important to me. Um, so it's it's definitely nice. And I also remember that I was fortunate enough to go to the Jody Shelley Hockey School one year um, or a couple of years. I'm not exactly sure. But I remember that fondly. And it's one of the 
my favorite memories of getting to meet him for the first time and things like that. Um, so I hope that I can create memories for kids that are just like that. I know it's um, easy to say and easy to do for me, but I hope it makes a lasting impression on, on, on a few kids here and um, it can be a positive week in their summers. Yeah, and you must see Jody around the circuit because he's a color commentator with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you guys get together, talk about Yarmouth a lot? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, I usually look him up when I'm in Columbus and I see him after the game. And, uh, he was between the glass for one game this year, so it's pretty cool to, um, to have that connection with him and um, what a positive impact he's had on the community here as well. So um, he's a great guy and um, someone that... Uh, he kind of led the way for for myself and um, he had the hockey school originally and I'm happy to be able to do something similar. Definitely and uh, we talked about some of the coaches you have here. Allie Monroe is now a pro hockey player uh, in the NWHL. Um, you have Matt Barron, longtime Yarmouth Mariner now in U Sports. Uh, you have Luke Woodworth who's a Drummondville Voltageur in the queue. A lot of big names here helping out the kids too. Yeah it's awesome. Um, so we kind of put put it out there to people that obviously Allie was one of our first calls. Um, she was one of my first calls last year or last time around we did this. Um, I think it's really important for her um, to be here. Uh, we have a lot of female participants in the camp this year and I think it's really cool um, for them to see Allie and that she's plays professional. She grew up in Yarmouth. Um, her family's here so it shows them that um, that yes they're female um, but that they're they can they can stay in hockey as long as they want to. They can play professionally. Um, so she's a great role model. Um, so it's really, really important to have her here. Uh, and like you said, yeah, we have other people that um, it's awesome. They came down. Uh, it's a huge commitment by them as well. Yeah, Woodworth's here and, and Chisholm. And, uh, and there's a few others that are here. Um, Ryan uh, plays in Penticton. Um, he's committed to play at University of Maine. There's some, uh, there's some great people that are here. Uh, like you said, Matt. Um, and there's some local guys that play for the Mariners that are kind of helping out as well. So um, it's really good to have the right people around and um, just an overall effort that they, yes, they can meet me and um, they can meet an NHL player, but they can also meet people that are on their way to doing the same thing. So it's been great. And just a few years ago, you were a guy that was on your way to being an NHL player. And, and last time we spoke, I think, at this camp, uh, you had yet to be you know on a full season. You were still finding your way with Colorado. And these last three years have been incredible uh, for you. Uh, when you look back and on that experience, I know there's a lot of different moments that pop out in your head, but since you last hosted this hockey school, just what's the journey been like for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been, honestly, it's awesome. Every step of the way is great. I'm so fortunate to be able to do it. Um, the transition to Jersey has been, um, it's, a, it's an adjustment when you get traded, you're in a new city, things like that, but it's been good. It's been great to be closer to home. Um, a similar time zone um, to the Maritimes again, which has been great for family watching games and um, a lot easier to get home and to stay in touch with family without um, the big time change has been honestly one of the best best features of it. So um, it's been great. Uh, I've been really fortunate along my journey and um, it's, it's exciting and I look forward to what's to come. And with that journey, uh, this year, like you said, you moved to New Jersey, um, Colorado. Uh, they were obviously very good to you. They got you your opportunity. Coming to that Devils team, it's a young team, but uh, I, I know I looked up the ice time after every game, and you were probably the leader. You and Dougie Hamilton were right up there. So uh, talk about that opportunity they've given you to really grow your game. Yeah, um, it's there's positives in every situation. and um, Going to New Jersey has been great. I've been able to play a bigger role. Um, without playing behind guys like McCarr and, and Gerard and Taze and things like that. So um, it's been great to to be able to play a little bit more and to play a bigger role in the team where it's a young team. Um, so that part has been awesome. I've been able to grow as a player 
Um, so it's been a positive experience to meet new people um, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. And, uh, you know, this season obviously uh, didn't go the way you wanted as far as playoffs go. But like you said, you're a young team. Uh, what's that goal for you guys this year? I know every year it's to get into the playoffs. Do you feel like there's going to be enough steps taken for the Devils to make that next step? Uh, I mean, we're trending in the right direction. Um, it's really hard to make the playoffs in the NHL. Uh, those top teams are so good, and, the, and to, to win on a consistent basis in that league is really tough. So uh, we're making strides in the right direction, and our goal is playoffs. So if we don't get there, it'll be a disappointment again. Um, so I, I know we weren't happy with how we finished the year off uh, in the standings, but we're going to make strides to be better next year and um, hopefully push for a playoff spot. And I know you have a lot of friends over on the Avalanche. Uh, were you keeping in contact with them during their run and their run to the Stanley Cup? Um, a little bit early, but then once they get into the final couple of rounds, you kind of leave guys be, and um, I, I know how intense it is and how much pressure they're under, so uh, I'm happy for those guys. There's some guys in that team that have been there a long time and have really put in the work and uh, been through some tough years there where they weren't very good, so I'm really happy for some guys in that team that um, really deserve to win, so uh, it sucks in the timing of it, but uh, like, like I said, I've got some close friends in that team, so I'm happy for them. And uh, your journey didn't end, though, at the end of the regular season. Uh, did you know that Canada was watching you and, and recruiting you, p perhaps, for the World Hockey Championship? Uh, I mean, you never know who's watching. Um, it, it was an awesome call to get. You never think the opportunity is going to come to wear the Maple Leaf um, with how deep Canada is uh, with hockey players. So um, when that call came, uh, I was... I was an immediate yes. I was so excited to go. Um, so it was a great experience for me. I didn't know what to expect going in, but um, Hockey Canada really does it right over there, and um, it was a lot of fun. They they let the players um, really have fun with the experience, um, and then obviously winning is the first priority, but I think set a close second is having fun. So it's it was a great experience for me. You get to play with players that also had seasons where they didn't make the playoffs, and you get to go and you get to win and, um, and play on a good team, and it's a, it's a good experience. So I was very lucky, and it, it's something that I'll cherish the rest of my life, I think. And not only did you play, you were named a top three player uh, for Canada. Just what were, how, how are you feeling over there? The big ice, did that make a difference for you? Like what? I mean, amazing performance from you over there. Um, honestly, I was just having a blast. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I mean, that, that was an honor for me to receive that award, but uh, I was just trying to play my best and um, – to win games and when you're having fun it's a lot easier to play well so um it was just a great experience and i i'm really happy the way it went and you had a fellow nova scotian there too and drake batherson he played a big part in that team and uh, that four three overtime comeback went over sweden was amazing like what woke you guys up in that third period it was incredible i mean we were we felt like we were all over them all game and uh we just needed to kind of break the lock and once we got one through and then we kind of got another one late and then another one late we um we felt like there was no way we were going to lose that game so uh, that was exciting that honestly that was so much fun and that's kind of why you play and those games are just something that is good it's a good memory but it just gives you such a good feeling it was just uh pure excitement for us so that was awesome and like you said, I know you didn't come home with the gold, but uh, you'll have that silver medal. You remember that for the rest of your life. Uh, that gold medal game was entertaining, and a lot of Canadians uh, were watching that. For sure. Uh, I mean, the silver is an honor. Um, you get to represent your country, and uh, you, you go there to win a gold, but uh, you, you want to play for the gold. It's tough to get there. So it was an honor to, and a good accomplishment by our group to even get to the gold medal game. So uh, it's something that I will cherish for the rest of my life, and hopefully I get another opportunity to go there again. 
What does the summer look like for you? I know you're back here for a week, but uh, most of the time you spend your time in Prince Edward Island uh, training. How has the off season been? It's been great. Um, I, like like you said, I spend it in Prince Edward Island. Uh, I've got a group over there that we train with, and then I'm over in Halifax a bit to skate. Um, so um, there's good people in the Maritimes, and the Maritimes is really um, taking steps in the right direction. And you can see it here with guys from, um, I know they're not directly from Yarmouth. They have a couple kids um, from Yarmouth that um, are a little bit younger that are helping out with the camp. But um, with Woodworth and, and Chisholm and, and, and Ryan here, it's, um, it's great to see what, um, what's coming out of this end of Nova Scotia and it kind of shows the steps we're making. Um, so it's always, um, it's always proud. It's always a proud moment for pe- for when I can see people coming up and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's nice. Um, like you said, uh, in PEI, I've got a good group and get over to Halifax a bit and kind of all the maritime guys all collaborate a little bit throughout it. So, um, it's, it's so enjoyable to be home this summer. And uh, I know a lot of people had, you know, an Avalanche jersey with 27 on it, but I think they've traded it in for a 33 in uh, in, in red and black. Um, a, a lot of Graves jerseys uh, going around here in Yarmouth. And I know we talk about it every time, but here, I mean, how proud are you to be from from this area, to be the – you and Jody Shelley being the only guys to represent this end of our province, which often, like you said, um, you know, you had to travel for things like this. Often in this, you know, this end of the province, we get looked at as, well, they're way down at the end of the world uh how does it feel to represent this area yeah i'm super proud the community is awesome they're so um it was especially nice when i was younger and um the support when you're playing in the quebec league and um then you start to make jumps i was drafted and then you play in the american league and things like that and people follow you and they they didn't stop following the whole the whole journey and um even before the nhl where it's not as easy to follow people were keeping tabs on it and things like that so uh, i'm super proud to be from here um to show that you can make it even though it's a little bit harder of a journey and i know that the, the hockey uh, people around here and, and nova scotia hockey is making strides in the right direction uh, with major bantam and and trying to do things like that that make it um, a little bit better um, development for kids so that's a, a step in the right direction i think and uh, i think we're going to see more kids come out of the center nova scotia well, it may start here with the Ryan Graves Hockey School. Uh, a busy week, I know. And uh, what are some of the things that you have the kids doing? I know it's not just about the on ice, but it's dry land training, different aspects of it too. And, and I know Tess is here, the trainer with the Mariners. She's teaching some fitness stuff. So uh, talk a bit about that. What's uh, what's going into the week? Yeah, like I said earlier, we've got the right people doing the right thing. So Tess is doing the off ice. Um, and then Tyler Smith has kind of been the uh, the brains behind a lot of the organization. And, um, and then I kind of took had a hand in the on ice part of it of what i thought was important to teach but we've had the right people here and um like i said with people like luke will and ryan here that um that play at a high level that play in the quebec league they're going to play university hockey and matt that plays university hockey and ally um they can teach things as well it's not just what i've learned it's what they bring to the table and they can make adjustments and they can talk to kids and they can teach what they've learned along the way so um like you said it, it starts here it's supposed to be a fun week but at the same time it's great to um, have development and we have local coaches helping out as, as well that um, they can learn from it and things like that and they can take the drills that we do and they can use them with their teams um, during the winter and um, just overall the goal is to help the development here and um, to have a fun week but it's going to be a good week we've got um, the kids are going bowling one day and uh, we've got some we've got a lunch set up for them one day and they're outside playing games at least once a day uh, things like capture the flag and dodgeball and 
um, and tag and things like that. So it's it's a fun week, and then we make the on ice fun with some games, and then um, also some some learning pieces in there as well. So uh, the best way to learn is to have fun while you're doing it. And we're that's what we're doing here. And I've heard a rumor that you're a guest judge for Rebfest coming up this weekend, which hasn't been back here since the hockey school was here. So uh, how much you're looking forward to uh, to seeing the rib trucks pull in? I haven't been um, previously, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, and a little hint, I, I like my ribs a little sweeter. So um, <laughs> if if you're trying to please one of the judges, that's an easy way to do it. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, I haven't been able to do anything like that in the community in a long time. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. And finally, you know, looking at Yarmouth, when you're here, what are some go-to spots? What what are some go-to things that Ryan Graves has to do when he's home in Yarmouth County? Uh my first stop is always Lotus Garden to get some egg rolls. Um, and then after that, it's just seeing family and friends. Uh, it's great. I, I don't get to see them a lot anymore uh, as I'm Charlotte Town's pretty far away and then I'm gone all winter and stuff like that. So it's great to be able to see people and reconnect and, and do things like that. And you can um, really just get a chance to, to relax and um, to be home for a bit. And that's the best part of it. So it's nice to see people in the community that I don't know as well um, also. And you kind of see them around. So um, it's just, I just like coming home and it, it's refreshing. It's nice. Yeah. And, uh, you, Charlottetown's like your second home away from home, I guess. And boy, the Islanders had a great run this year to the finals, Jim Halton leading them. Uh, did you get a chance to see uh, what they were doing? Uh, yeah, I watched them a little bit throughout. Um, I followed them, uh, fairly closely over the past couple of years. Uh, my girlfriend's brother had played for the team, so, um, I'd always keep tabs on them. And then this year with the run, it's nice to see, I mean, I was proud to play for that team. So I got to go to one game. It ended up being the game they lost, um, in the finals, but, uh, it's just great for that organization to get there in the first place. And uh, I know they've been trying for a few years, so they're making steps and uh, I'm happy for them. Well, Ryan, I know you're busy this week. Thank you so much for your time. Always great to catch up with you. Sure. Welcome back home, and uh, we'll see you uh, on the ice this year with the Devils again. Great. Thanks for having me. All right, Ryan Graves, member of the New Jersey Devils, hosting his hockey school here at Mariner Center this week. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined this week by the Nova Scotia Program Director for the Nature Conservancy of Canada, Jamie Morozov, and she's here to chat about the work the NCC is doing here in the Tri-Counties. Thanks so much for joining me, Jamie. Thanks for having me. So first off, just, you know, give us kind of an overview of the type of work the Nature Conservancy focuses on here in Nova Scotia. Absolutely. So the Nature Conservancy of Canada is a nonprofit land trust organization. So that means we are a registered charity, and our goal is to protect the lands, uh, the animals, and, and kind of nature all across Canada, but here specifically in Nova Scotia. Okay, so uh, we're going to chat a little bit about the uh, work you're doing here in the Tri-Counties, and what we'll do is we'll kind of go county by county and discuss what you're protecting and where. So let's start off with Yarmouth County. Uh, what do you got going on here? Yeah, so we're working here in Yarmouth County in a couple different areas. And maybe just to give a little bit more background, so when the Nature Conservancy of Canada is doing our work, uh, we work with landowners a couple different ways. In some cases, landowners come to us uh, to donate their land, or they want us to buy their land, or they do a bit of a, a bit of both. And we call that a split receipt, where they'll donate a portion um, for a, a tax receipt, and then we'll also purchase a portion of the property. Um, and lots of times, the work we do is is landowners who, you know, they love their land. It's been in their family for generations. 
and, you know, they don't really have anybody that's going to take it over and they want to make sure it's not going to be, you know, changed, clear cut, uh, developed, um, you know, those sorts of things. They want to keep it in the natural state because, you know, they've loved it. Their family has loved it. And that's where, where Nature Conservancy of Canada comes in. Um, so here in, in Yarmouth County, we've worked in a couple different sites. Uh, one of the largest kind of uh, land, uh, I guess, conglomerations, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, but uh, what we've been working is really focusing on a really unique type of, um, you know, type of landscape in, in Nova Scotia called the Atlantic Coastal Plain Flora. Um, so this is, uh, you said, unique to Nova Scotia pretty much, um, and it's a large portion of the biodiversity of, of here in southwest Nova Scotia. And it includes about 90 species that are, are really unique and rare. And that's the focus of our work in Yarmouth County for the large part. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your work in Digby County. The Digby County, we're working again in a couple of different spots. Uh, but one of the, I guess, the highlights or jewels of the work we're doing in Digby is on Briar Island. Um, and so that... Uh, is a uh, that is a, a nature reserve that uh, encompasses about a third of the the land of the island. Um, its focus is on the eastern mountain avens, which is a globally rare plant, and it's found you know only on that spot, a few pieces along the Digby Neck, and then there's some areas down in New Hampshire. So it's really rare and unique. And we actually just celebrated uh, an addition to that nature reserve just this past month. That site is also great um, if you want to get out and connect with nature. There's a beautiful trail along the coast. Um, it's, you know, a great hike to go hike in, uh, take a picnic, enjoy the sights and sounds. And we actually do a, a yearly trail maintenance site cleanup uh, volunteer event that people can, can come out to. And also we're currently planning a, a large trail kind of improvement redevelopment right now that we're actively fundraising for and, you know, putting in some grants to make some improvements to that trail to make it more accessible, you know, fix some of the holes and, uh, you know, muddy spots and that sort of thing so it can be enjoyed year-round by by Nova Scotians and everyone who wants to come visit. Yeah, and you recently expanded your reserve on Briar Island, so uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Briar Island uh, Nature Reserve, as I mentioned, is about a third of the, the habitat or a third of the land base of Briar Island. And we recently added about 30 acres, 11 hectares or so, to that property. Um, and this new area uh, protects a, an important bog, which I know bogs aren't very interesting to some people. But to said, the species at risk, like the eastern mountain avens, the bog habitat and the, you know, the water cycle and, and regime in, in the land is, is really key. So by protecting this bog, we're helping to kind of expand the total area of protected land. Um, it's right adjacent to the existing lands that are protected. It also helps to maintain that that connection to the water that keeps you know the the bogs where the other rare plants are are living in um, in the other parts of the island. And finally, in uh, Shelburne County, uh, tell us about some of the work you're doing there. So in Shelburne County, we have a couple different focal areas where we've been doing work. Um, we are fairly active down in kind of the Round Bay, Bowers Meadow, Wilderness area sort of land, kind of down by Ingemar. Um, and that's, uh, you know, really beautiful area, too, where we're focusing on and, and, you know, kind of working on a few potential new projects to expand some of the existing protected areas down there. We've also been doing work um, kind of at the other end of, of Shelburne County, um, down near uh, Johnson's Pond, uh, the Sable River sort of area where we have, uh, it's actually another great site if people want to get out and see some of the work that, that we're doing, um, Johnson's Pond Conservation Lands. 
um, down by Port LaBear is uh, there's a nice parking area. You can go out and, and do some walks and hikes out there. Um, we're also kind of focused on some new projects right in that area as well, which are um, going to be really important for protecting actually really rare lichens, which I know, again, not super exciting sometimes, but they are, um, you know, again, globally rare. We have so many unique habitats here in Nova Scotia that it's, uh, you know, a really key uh, site to protect, to protect the, to the global diversity. We've also, in Shelburne County, been focusing, and this is kind of right on the boundary as well, overlaps a bit with Yarmouth County, um, but some of the, the land in holdings within and adjacent to the Tobiatic Wilderness area. So we've been really successful in doing some great conservation work over the past kind of year or two. Over 3,000 acres have been protected um, right adjacent to the land near Upper Ohio or right adjacent to the Tobiatic Wilderness area near Upper Ohio, as well as one of the largest private inholdings within the Tobiatic Wilderness area, over 700 acres um, near Moose Lake have been recently protected. Well, that's cool. And there's a, that's a, you guys are doing a lot of work here in the Tri-Counties. It's, a, it's such a special area, and Southwest Nova Scotia is just that's so beautiful, so many special and rare, important areas. So we're, you know, we're excited to be working with the communities and, and protecting these really valuable pieces of land. And how important is the work that you're doing for the environment? Well, we, we think it's really important, but it, I mean, it really is. It's where we're doing work, we're trying to focus on building on existing protected areas to create those, those linkages, larger corridors, which are really important for a lot of different species, like some of the migratory songbirds, some of the larger mammals like bears or, you know, mainland moose and, and other species. So that's a really a key focus of what we're doing. And also because of the, you know, just the unique makeup of, of Southwest Nova Scotia, there's some of those globally rare species or ecosystems. And so helping to protect, you know, what's here is, is you know, essentially protecting kind of some of the last or the key remaining, um, you know, pockets of these these species and habitats in the world. So it's, it's really important. And the work that NCC and other private land trusts in Nova Scotia are doing is helping to get to some of those, those commitments that, you know, our province has committed to 20% protected areas by 2030. The federal government is committed to 30% by 2030. So the work that private land trusts do is, is really instrumental in helping to not only make sure we're getting, you know, large acres or, or hectares of land protected, but making sure that the most important land is being protected and those really important biodiversity values are are being conserved so that they're there in the future for, you know, for, for the, the people to enjoy for sake of, you know, the wildlife, um, the habitats are there, and also to help create areas of, you know, protection as climate change impacts us and and knowing that those lands are there are going to be able to adapt a little bit easier without some of the pressures of development. So we, we think it's pretty important. No, for sure. Uh, so take us now through your process. Uh, how do you find uh, these sites that you want to protect? And then, you know, what's the process once you do find them? The large portion of our work, as I mentioned before, is the due to landowners that coming to us. They, you know, that they have the property in their, you know, in their family, in their and they've loved it for so long and they want to make sure it's going to be protected and you know natural in the future. And that's where I would say a large majority of our, our province or our properties come from. Um, some cases we do do some targeted reaching out to landowners to see if they're interested. That may be, again, if there's something right adjacent to lands where we're already working, maybe it's lands where a really rare um, plant or animal have been identified. Um, or in the case of, you know, say the Moose Lake property within the Tobiatic Wilderness area, We've been speaking to that landowner, recognizing that it was kind of the last, you know, unprotected chunk within uh, a larger protected area. Um, so once we've, you know, 
had conversations with the landowner. They, you know, indicated they're wanting to work with us to protect their land. Um, then we go through our process, which is looking at the um, the conservation, other conservation values. We have a really large and comprehensive framework that we use to identify lands that we're we're looking to protect. We go through the process like any other land transaction is, and once we own the property, then we have our stewardship team come in. They do a full baseline inventory, which means they go out and they are mapping the different types of habitat, what trees are there, what plants are there, what birds are there. Um, and sometimes we bring in experts. So, for example, we often work with um, the Mercy Tobiatic Institute of looking at um, rare lichens because they have experts on that, working with the Conservation Data Center to identify other rare plants and make sure we have a really good idea of what's living there, what the potential is. And that helps us to identify our, our management plans. So some cases that may just be, let's leave it as it is for right now. Maybe we need to do some restoration work. Maybe we need to you know, make some changes or do something. Um, and that helps us to make sure we're taking care of the land the best that, that we can without you know, without interfering with the, the values that we're protecting, you know, we initially protected it for. Well, that's great. Um, and, you know, with, with climate change and with our own activity, you know, we're seeing more and more species become endangered or, or even go extinct. Uh, and, of mm-hmm. course, you're really close to this. Uh, so how are we doing so far in this battle to protect nature? You know, Nova Scotia, again, is really unique that we have a lot of a lot of people that really care about Nova Scotia and about the lands that we have here. So, I mean, there's always, there's always room to do more. Don't get me wrong, but you know, we are, there's a lot of interest, a lot of um, great organizations doing work here in Nova Scotia. I mean, one great example um, is, I mean, not great in that it's, it's, you know, there's a a new threat to, uh, to a species of tree here in Nova Scotia that for the hemlock trees. And that's a, a bug that's come in called the hemlock woolly adelgid. So this insect comes in and it destroys old growth hemlock. Um, and if you've ever been in, you know, an old growth growth hemlock stand, there's these, you know, it's just a really beautiful experience. These super large trees. There's it looks kind of like a bit of a, a magical forest. I like to say because of the way it, it really shades out all the lights and you feel like you're in this this new place. Um, but the hemlock woolly delta just come in and it it wipes out entire stands of these old growth trees, which are really valuable for biodiversity. Um, and, you know, Nova Scotians are not taking this laying down. There's been a lot of work done with, um, you know, with government, with NGOs like NCC and other, you know, even citizen-led groups to identify where this, this insect is coming in and looking at doing treatment and testing out ways to protect our hemlock trees. NCC right now um, in kind of the Tri-County area, we're looking at doing some test plots on two of our sites this fall where we're going to be treating some of the old growth hemlocks that haven't been too infected yet. Um, and this is treated by an injection to the tree of uh, insecticide. So it's very targeted, also very kind of labor and cost costly to do this. Um, but the thought is then if we can at least preserve um, the, you know, some of the seed trees for the hemlock, then once this, you know, we have an opportunity to do some some regrowth, allow the trees to reestablish, there'll still be some of that original um, you know, tree sources there. So that's, uh, you know, we're doing that on our land. And there's been, we've had a lot of work, you know, in Kedemakujik, they're doing some work. Um, the other counties and, and things are, are doing similar projects to kind of see what's going to work the best. But it's, again, just a great opportunity to showcase, you know, Nova Scotians coming together to protect, you know, something that's really valuable to us from a biological perspective. 
Absolutely. And wrapping up here, are there any projects or areas you're focusing on right now? So we are always looking for uh, people to come out and be property stewards for us. And so that's people that are, you know, maybe you live in an area near some Nature Conservancy sites just to go out, check on us. You know, we are trying to do the best we can to manage the lands, but having local um, citizens involved is always really helpful to have a, a closer eye on it. So that's kind of an, an ongoing um, you know, need that we always have is, is working with those folks. We actually do have one more volunteer event coming up this this fall, and that's actually in Port Jolly, so slightly out of the, the Tri-County area. Um, but we do a waterfowl count every every November as the migratory birds are coming through. So that'll be, you know, we're always looking for volunteers if you're into birding. Um, other than that, again, we're, we're always looking to protect important lands. Um, we do have a property in Shelburne County that I'm actively, you know, working on to fundraise. It's still the initial stages, so I can't share too much yet. But it's a really beautiful piece that protects, you know, there's lakeshore, there's coastline, um, there's globally rare lichen species in the area, um, and that's a really project we're really excited about. That's been a long time in the works, um, and and we're continuing to, you know, kind of again look for opportunities to work with landowners who, who love their land, are willing to, you know, work for us, work with us. Uh, you know, donations are always great in terms of land or or cash to keep our our work going. Um, but other than that, we're it's always looking to engage people, get them out and connected with nature. And, you know, if we can teach them more about the work we're doing and, and they're interested in supporting us, then it's a win for everyone. Yep, for sure. Well, uh, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for joining me and uh, for sharing some of the work the NCC is doing here in the Tri-Counties. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jacob. That was Jamie Morozov, the Nova Scotia Program Director for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. And that's our program for today. Thanks for listening. For story suggestions or to submit feedback, email news.cjls at radioabl.ca or call our newsline at 902-749-1919. To listen to archived versions of our program, visit us online at cjls.com and click on The Weekender. The Weekender is a production of the Y95 Newsroom and is brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center.